great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been down a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And today, with the help of the Lord, I just want to preach a a simple message titled, The God of Hope. The God of Hope. Can we just pray one more time? Jesus, we love you. God, we pray that you would just have your way in this place today. God, that your word would go forth with power and anointing. God, that it would land on good ground. God, that ears would receive what you're saying today. God, that we would hear what the Spirit has to say to your church today. God, that you would touch every man, woman, and child in this place. God, that you would do a mighty work amongst us, God. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity once again to be together in your presence, God, with your people. God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you can be seated today. The God of hope. I begin to look into the story a little bit with the pool of Bethesda. Uh, we don't know exactly a lot about this particular pool. Um, we, don't, uh, we know that it was a pool in Jerusalem and that they called it Bethesda, which meant the house of mercy. Um, we know that it was uh, by the sheep gate. And that it had five porches. That's what John tells us about this pool. And some believe that it was a, a mikvah, uh, which is a pool of water that was used for um, purification purposes for the Jews. Um, and it was believed that when the waters were troubled, that whoever got into the water first was healed of their sickness and their infirmity. And John declares that there was a great multitude of impotent folk around this pool, the blind, the halt, and the withered, that were there waiting for the moving of the waters, waiting and hoping for their opportunity to receive healing. And understand that this time of history, there wasn't uh, much of a safety net, there wasn't much help for those who were disabled. Um, they didn't have a way to make a living a lot of times. They didn't have any programs, any government programs to rely on for the disabled. And many would make their living off of others, oftentimes begging and scrounging. That was just the way it was, especially under um, Roman uh, bondage. So this hope of being healed at the pool was all that these people really had. Um, there was no cure for a lot of their diseases and infirmities. They didn't have access to the medicines needed. Um, many became homeless because of the lack of resources in their lives. 
Some believe that the people were actually healed at this pool, and others believe that this was some sort of a, a pagan lie or pagan myth that it actually wasn't true. Um, they believe that the waters moved mystically by the, the touch of angels' wings on the water. Uh, we don't know for sure. We can speculate. But what we do know is that there was a man there that day that had an infirmity of 30, for 38 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to deal with this infirmity. It wasn't 10 years. It wasn't 12 years. It was 38 years. He was there because he had no hope in anything else. Uh, we don't know how long he was there for sure, but this was more than likely his residence. This is more than likely where, this is where he had laid his bed. This is where he lived, um, hoping for a healing someday. Day and night, uh, he hoped that he would be the first into the waters. Day and night, he laid on his mat, for he was unable to get himself to the water. He only had one hope and one thing that could possibly change his life. And this thing that he hoped for day after day continued to leave him helpless on his mat. You know, I, I can imagine that this gentleman wanted nothing more than to just be a normal person. Um, he probably wanted, he, he wanted to have the feeling of accomplishment, uh, the feeling of a hard day is worth of work and being paid for it. And he wanted to feel fulfilled and, and to have life in his step, if you will. He probably desired a career and desired a wife and desired to have children. But this infirmity left him helpless on his mat. His condition made his residence on this bed of, of false hope, of impossibility. And the truth is, is just like this man, inside of every single one of us, we all desire to have life. Um, there, there's something in us that desires to be fulfilled. There's something in us that wants to be successful in life, to have a good family, to, to have children, and, and, uh, and all these sort of things. There's a desire born in us that we desire to be loved. We desire to have joy and to have a true peace within. I, God made us that way, that we desire happiness. I don't think there's anybody on earth that doesn't want to be happy. So we're really all uh, pursuing the exact same thing. So we, we all desire this. There's something in us that desires to be fulfilled. So as most of us have done, um, we've looked, you know, we've searched, we've experienced life and in our lost, uh, sinful state, we did what we thought felt good. We did what we thought would bring happiness. We went after things looking for peace and looking for joy. And the truth is, is that the world had plenty to offer. Sex, drugs, 
rock and roll, fame, status, materialism. That's what the world has to offer. And and these things in themselves um, for a moment will give us a sense of fulfillment, but oftentimes are led to regret, led to guilt, led to shame. And that's why we're here today, because God pulled us out of that world, amen. 1 John 2 and 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It says, for all that is in the world, the only thing that the world has to offer is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And John here said, these things are not of the Father, but they're of the world. These things do not fulfill the way God made us to be fulfilled. They do not bring peace and joy. There's, there's temporary fun in them. There's temporary satisfaction. But it is, God did not design us just for temporary fixes. He designed us to be completely filled by him and him only. The high is temporary. And we climb from one experience to the next, one mountaintop experience to the next mountaintop experience. Oftentimes, we're left battered, bruised, and hurt. And all the while, all the while, there's a raging desire inside of us to be happy and to be whole. And these things do not quench these desires. Uh, thankfully, God got a hold of my life at a younger age, but even, even before that, about, I was about 11, 12 years old, I just remember just like kind of thinking to myself, what's next? And we did a, I had a great upbringing, good parents, good home. We had, we had, did fun things. We went camping. My parents had, had motorcycles. We, they, my dad was, uh, he raced race cars for a while. I raced go-karts. We were involved with sports and, and we did all these things kind of, and, and we had fun with those things, but they, we were looking for something to fulfill. And at the end of the day, none of those things, no new vehicle, no new house, no materialism, nothing fulfilled and quenched that desire within us. Because they're not of the Father. They're of the world. And we found ourselves being like the man at the pool, just trying to figure out how to get into the water. Just trying to figure out how, how can I be fulfilled? How can I shake this depression? How can I get over this anxiety? How can I get over this addiction? Just, I just want to be happy. I want to, to be fulfilled. And everything I try has led to a dead end. None of it's worked I seek relationships, I'm seeking love, and I'm just left hurt every single time. Because they're not of the Father. How do I get healed of this mess? How do I become whole? Is this, is this all there is for me? 
What's my purpose? These were sort of the questions that I remember thinking before I knew Jesus, before I had the Holy Ghost. And it, and it seems that all hope was lost. And, and, and we ask ourselves, what are we actually doing? What are we hoping in? Where do I turn? And the great thing is, is this Bible, this word right here is full of answers for you. It's full of answers. Colossians 3 and 2 says, set your affection. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Not on things that are not of the Father. The hunger that you have within for this fulfillment has to be turned from the things of the world and has to be turned to God. Jesus said, if you will come to me, if you'll come to me, you will never thirst and you will never hunger again. That's a promise by Jesus. And so the options of, of false hopes are everywhere. They're on the billboards. We hear them in the airwaves, the sound waves. They're on the screens. There's, there's false hopes being advertised everywhere. The enemy has this stuff plastered on every corner of this world. But I'm here to tell somebody today that despite what false hopes you've had in the past, there is a true hope in Jesus Christ today. He is the God of hope. He is, when, when, when everything seems to be falling apart and there's no hope, I'm here to tell you there's still hope today because he is the God of hope it's like waking up. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but you've had a terrible nightmare. And in your dream, you literally thought, my life is over. Whether you're falling from an airplane and you're ready to hit the ground, or you just did something and completely messed something up, and you're thinking in your dream, my life is over. I don't know if anybody's ever had that happen to you. And then you wake up. And you're like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you that that was just a dream. Because my life's not over. <laughs> and you, and you're, you're, you sigh and you're like, oh, there's still hope. There's still tomorrow. Amen. That's what it's like today. We, today in this place, the God of hope dwells. And hope, hope is just a confident expectation that something good is going to happen. It's, a, it's, a, it's an expectation that things are going to turn around despite the current circumstances, that it's going to take a turn for the better. That's what hope is. Hebrews 6 and 19 says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Hope is an anchor of the soul, and it's sure, and it's steadfast. You know, Brother Holloway was here last week, and he was talking about um, some of the nautical terminology in, in the book of Hebrews, alluding that, that Paul is the author, and this is one of those verses, and he was talking about doctrine, and how doctrine is the, is the rope 
that goes to the anchor, if you will, and, and you talked about the strands of the doctrines of Scripture, and you begin to build, and that, that rope gets bigger and bigger as you add to it, as you begin to understand the doctrines that are in the Word of God. And that, and that, that, that rope is, is tied to the anchor, and the anchor is our hope. The anchor is where we're attached and, and pulled into uh, the rock, if you will, and that rock is Jesus. Amen. So we, we have the word and the doctrine that gets us to the anchor, and that anchor is in Jesus. So we have a hope today. We have an anchor of our soul. Interesting thing about that, I read one time that on these larger ships, that the anchors, I don't know if you guys ever seen any pictures or videos, but the anchor, anchors on those big, large ships are just huge. And the ropes or the, the, I think they even use metal, you know, cables, um, they're like this big around. And they say that when, that when that cable falls, a lot of times it'll fall and it'll kind of go like this to that anchor. And the, the, the cord actually anchors the boat most of the time. The weight of that rope actually holds the boat in place until the winds start to blow, until the storm rises up. Then that, uh, that cord, that rope is pulled tight and then the anchor grabs on. It's kind of an interesting thing talking about doctrine, talking about being anchored in Jesus. But you can be sure today that this anchor of our soul is both sure and it's steadfast. It's guaranteed. Amen. And there is nothing on this earth that is guaranteed. There's not anything that is 100% guaranteed. They say, you know, death and taxes are guaranteed. Well, that might be kind of true. But we aren't, but what I'm trying to say is we aren't promised tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. Our careers aren't completely secure. Our retirement plans are not a given. Unexpected circumstances can change your life forever in just one second. So this earth is shaky ground. There's nothing sure about it. There's nothing really steadfast about it. Things are constantly changing. But hope in him is the anchor of our soul. And it's sure and it's steadfast. It's not shaky. It's not unstable or unsteady. It won't love you today and spit you out tomorrow. It won't leave you with buyer's remorse. The brand new smell never wears off. As a matter of fact, it just keeps getting better. I'm having more fun living for God today than I did when I first started living for God. I have more peace and joy in my life today than I did 10 years ago. It just keeps getting better. And the more and more I live it, the more and more I understand that this is real, that this works. When everything around me is shaky and uneven, 
We can stand on the rock. We can anchor into that rock and be sure that it's going to hold us. There's nothing else on planet earth that can offer this security. It's hope in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 and 24 says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For when a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Paul was saying you don't need to hope for something that you already have. So it's something that isn't yet. It hasn't come to pass yet. It's something that you are expecting to happen. And verse 25 says, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Hope is for something that we do not yet have, but believe that we will. That's what hope is. We're expecting um, a turn of events. We're expect, expecting a good ending, if you will. I'm not in heaven yet. I'm not in eternity with Jesus yet, but I'm going there. Amen. It's waiting for me. I believe that he went away to prepare a place for me. That's hope. My family isn't all saved yet, but I have hope in the gospel. They're going to be saved. Amen. That's, that's hope. Not every chair in this church is filled yet, but I have hope in what God has spoken. They will be filled. Amen. That's, that's hope. You still may be sick in your body, but God has spoken healing. You will be healed. We can hope in the word of God. The word of God is true. Let God be true in every man a liar. If God said it, you can take it to the bank. If it's in this book, you can believe it with everything that you have. Amen? Are you with me today? Like, I believe it. I'm hoping for it. God's spoken some things. God's promised us some things. And I, I have hope that these things will come to pass. That they are a reality at some point. Maybe not yet. But in God's reality. In God's reality, they've already happened. And that's where, you know, we, you know, we live in, in uh, this linear timeline and I always, if I can, because, you know, God's ways aren't our ways, so, so sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend this, but how I always sort of explain it is that, you know, we live from hour to hour, day by day, month by month, and just this linear time frame. And if you can picture a railroad track, that every, every railroad tie would be an hour, and you're just living hour to hour, and all you can really see is kind of what's behind you a little ways and what's ahead of you a little ways. But I don't know if you guys ever seen those train sets that people have where, you know, they got the whole setup and the train's going over the river and through the woods and there's a train station. The train just keeps going round and round. Okay? God's in the middle of that. And he sees the beginning and he sees the end at the same exact time. So just because it's not a reality to us yet, it is reality to him. That's faith. That's hope. God, I want to see things the way God sees them. I don't want to just be limited. I, I know in my flesh and in my human, my human eyes, my 2020 vision. That's what the doctor said I had last time. I'm starting to, to, to not believe them that I have 2020 vision. The other day I was trying to read up there. I'm like, man, 
I used to be able to just look, focus, no problem, and things are just kind of moving around up there. But I don't want to see things just through my eyes. But I want to have a hope and a faith to see things in the spiritual as God sees them. So if God spoke something, it's a reality to him already. And just because it hasn't happened yet to us doesn't mean that it's not going to. So I want to, I want to have the mind of Christ in hope. Amen. We can put our hope in the word of God. Matthew, one of my favorite scriptures, Matthew 6 and 33, says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We can put our hope in the word of God. To those who are in a storm and you're dealing with unfortunate to less than ideal circumstances, I'm here to tell you that if you'll put God first, he'll work everything out. That seems impossible. But the Bible says that if you will put him first, if you'll seek him first, all these other things that you're worried about, God will work out. So when I read that scripture, I believe it's true. I have hope in it that if I will take the step and, and just let God take control, let him deal with it, I don't have to worry, just to seek him, draw close to him, all of a sudden my, my relationship issues will be worked out, my, my job situation will be worked out, my financial situation will be worked out, um, my, my, where I'm living, what I'm driving, all these things that we have to deal with in life, all these things, Jesus said, will be added unto you. They'll just be added. I'll just take care of them for you. If you will put me first. If you will do it God's way. It seems so simple, but it's sometimes so hard to actually do. But I believe that the word is true. I have hope when I read this scripture. <clears throat> if we'll put him first, pray, study, fast, for faithful to church, and he will just take care of all the things that I spend my time worrying about. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We read that scripture, it's kind of cliche. It just kind of rolls off our tongue. We quote it all the time. But I believe it. That all things, all things, work together for good. All things work together for good. Even the things that you don't think are good are working for good. <laughs> and that's where we have a hard time. Why is this happening? Why am I? All things work together for good to them that love God. So all I got to focus on, I don't have to focus on all the things. I just got to focus on him. I just got to focus on loving God, drawing close to God, seeking him first. Then all things will just work out. It's amazing to me. There's really nothing on planet earth that can compare to this hope. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing as secure 
as the kingdom of God. There's, it's, it's guaranteed victory. It's guaranteed victory. God doesn't lose. Amen. God doesn't fail. God doesn't lie. There is no threat of a collapse in the kingdom of God. We're always wondering about what, what's going on with our government and the economy and our jobs and our money situation and are we going to be at nuclear war with China? And, but in the kingdom of God, there's no threat of collapse. God wins. Every single time, God wins. Amen? So we just got to get in. We just got to get into the kingdom, draw close to him, trust him, amen, and put our hope in things above and not on things of this earth. There's a bunch of, uh, David had a few things to write about hope. Uh, Psalms 31 and 24 says, Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, uh, all ye that hope in the Lord. Good courage, he'll strengthen your heart if we'll hope in the Lord. Psalms 42 and 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Why are you sad? Why are you depressed? It says, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. If you're feeling down, just put your hope in him. Get, pull, take your eyes off of you and put it on him. Psalm 71 and 14 says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Amen. Psalms 119, 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Amen. Romans 15 and 13 says, Now the God of hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to be known as a, somebody who has hope. I, I don't want to walk around with my, my head down. I don't want to walk around you know, thinking the worst in every situation in my circumstance. I want to walk around with my head up, my hands raised, and say, I have a hope in God. He's the God of hope. Despite what's going on around me, despite the circumstances that I'm in, I have a hope in God. Amen. And he, he, he is everything that you need him to be. Amen. He's your rock. He, he's your fortress. Amen. He's your high tower. He's, he's uh, your peace and your, your joy. He's your father. He's your friend. He's the, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And we are so privileged that we get to have a personal relationship with this God. Amen. So today, I just want to encourage everybody. You can stand in this place. I just want to encourage you today that we truly, we truly have hope in him. And if things seem 
You know, the Bible, you know, that one song says, when gloom and sadness whispers, there's, you've sinned, no use to pray. When gloom and sadness whispers, we just got to learn to look away. We've got to learn to look to Jesus, who is our hope today. Amen. We spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time looking for things that fulfill us in the world. Many people spend a lifetime, a lifetime trying to be happy, trying to find it, trying to get to that point, to, to find that climax. And today we're here in the presence of God. We have we filled with the Holy Ghost. He's washed away our sins away. He is our hope that we have. He's our only hope. So let's set our affection on things above and not on things of the earth. Amen. So this is a short message, a simple message. But if you're here today and you just feel like you've sort of lost hope and you've just kind of been down a little bit, going through some things, I'm here to tell you that there's hope in Him. You have hope in Him today. Amen. The altars are open if you'd like to come and pray. Let's just ask, let's just, let's just, maybe, maybe today if we could dig that anchor just a little deeper into that rock today and just have a, have a closer grasp and a, and a tighter commitment to, to Jesus through that rock of hope, through that anchor of hope. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy today. God, I pray that you would just have your way in this place. God, we put our hope, God, and our faith in you today. God, even though things may not be looking just right, God, we still look to you and we call you our hope. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.